Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. We are going to have an extra special bonus episode for you. Today, I'm going to be talking to our podcast producer. He's been working on all of season eight. He's a photographer in his own right, and he's bringing together an amazing project called Festivals in Vietnam, where he's going to be going around different festivals in Vietnam and documenting them in terms of their religious significance, and which is super exciting. He's been in Vietnam for 10 years. He's done a little bit of podcast work before. And for anyone who's been listening this season, if you enjoy the episodes, you enjoy the quality, it has all been down to look. Um, And unfortunately, he is finished with a Vietnam podcast because he's got his new project coming up. So we wanted to take this opportunity to say a massive thank you to Luke Digweed, who is the guest today for all of his hard work on the show. Um, And we want to just get a little bit of an input from Luke on what he thinks of what it's like to edit a podcast. And then we're going to ask him the final questions that we ask every guest because he has to edit and listen to these to every episode. So, Luke, thank you very much for everything you've done for a Vietnam podcast for this season and thanks for agreeing to do this special bonus episode. Thanks. It's been a pleasure working with Vietnam podcast, especially you. Getting to hear you for nine episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a a joy. Jeez, that's (laughs) all right. That's the first question. You've got it worse than my wife. I mean, she... 
she listens to the <laughs> podcast and she's my number one fan and she loves them all but she does that by choice and she enjoys them you you kind of have to listen to them so how how is that been like listening to you so you've done 10 episodes you're about yeah you've done 10 episodes now yeah so you've listened to my voice then for at least <laughs> about 15 hours more or less yeah that's right so editing a podcast i tell you what is interesting is but I've been listening to podcasts for quite a long time. I'd say five years I'd listen to a podcast or two every day. And I've noticed when having to edit a Vietnam podcast, but the ways that we listen to things. And when it's come to a Vietnam podcast, I realized I have to be more active in my listening in comparison to when I casually listen to other podcasts. So I would say in some ways I've learned how to listen better due to having to edit a podcast. <laughs> and so explain that a bit more though. What do you mean you have to actively listen? Is that because you're listening for like bits you have to edit out? You're listening for audio quality, things like that? Exactly. Um, as you know, we had to put together previews as well, which meant having to find the appropriate um, parts of the podcast episodes, um, which bits to clip in and add in and what parts kind of characterize the podcast best. So I'd be listening out for that mostly, but mm. also looking listening for glitches, trying to find any problems or maybe any pauses, long pauses within the pod within yeah. dialogue. Up and out. So happens. yeah, there's many different things you're trying to listen to. Um yeah, I think as as well to be honest, I was listening to the guests more carefully. Maybe in such interviews, um there's a photography podcast that I listen to and based on interviews i have to get the name but right now i think it's called bmw but i can't remember and i'm kind of casually listening to what they say but with this editing process you're kind of really carefully listening and in some ways i can empathize and i feel like i empathize and understand the guests more clearly than i do on other podcasts and i've, I've just realized actually I, I don't do most of the talking <laughs> so you haven't actually been listening to my voice for 10 and a half hours you've listened to that's true Mostly, yeah probably about <laughs> five hours no i it's something and i don't know if you've noticed this on the podcast i would assume so and i would hope that the listeners would know i do try and keep my input to a minimum and i am scottish we like to talk if i'm in a conversation with a group of people i like to talk and i'm a comedian and i go up on stage and i can talk and have a captive audience who are only listening to me for 45 minutes but when I do the podcast, I really do want to share people's stories and give them the platform. So I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't know if our listeners have noticed that. I will just ask like a few probing questions and then I will just shut up and I will just sit there and listen. And I really enjoy listening. I think I noticed that especially with the episode about Ukraine. But I did notice you get a bit excited with the conspiracy theorist episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do two points there. So the first one, the Ukraine episode with Anastasia Sokirka, I noticed that as we were doing it, but I already, like I'd lived her story as you'd heard it. And if anyone hasn't heard it, go back and listen. I'd lived through that with her vicariously through text as we were t texting her the whole time. So I already, I already knew what her story was and I, I already knew she was a, she could tell it well and she was a good speaker. So for that one, that was why, yeah, I really didn't ask many probing questions because one, I just didn't need to because I knew her sto the story she had had a, a beginning, middle and an end. Uh, and, and it was very like kind of a purposeful story. There was no need to worry about like, where's this going to go or what's going to happen next. So for that one, yeah, for the conspiracy one. So that was kind of like a bonus episode. And that was, I think I even introduced it that it was going to be a little bit different because for that one, 
I purposefully, even on the title, I titled it Neil Mackay and Riz Harkis or Riz Harkis and Neil Mackay because I knew it was going to be an equal kind of conversation of where, and yeah, I did get really excited to talk about that. <laughs> I'd forgotten so much about what I, how far down the rabbit hole I was. So that was an interesting one. And there's, I think there's little moments in the podcast where I'll get excited and I'll go on tangents. I'm not tangents. I'll, I'll, I'll spew out or like a monologue. I was just listening to the, the podcast you've just edited, the one with Zion. And uh, there's a little bit where I go on this monologue and I'm like, I don't even have a question on that, but if you would like to comment on it, and then thankfully he does have a comment on it. I was going to say, yeah, Richard was actually a really charismatic speaker as well. And it's really engaging to listen to him. I think, yeah, the conspiracy theory episode and the Ukraine episode were both, the Ukraine, sorry, the Ukraine episode were both very, very captivating. And there were some real, probably unique perspectives on life, which I know I'd never really thought of before, especially... I'm reading a lot of the news and the geopolitics related to Ukraine, and I'm kind of skipping out on the personal stories. So that was some real raw emotion there, which was, I know, great journalism, great storytelling. Yeah, and I was worried that I would lose it in that episode and maybe end up crying, which I've only done once before on an episode. But thankfully, I kept it together for that one. So that was good to share. So over the over the 10 episodes then, so what have been some of the highlights for you then? You've touched on a couple there. What have been some of the most interesting things that um, we've talked about? I would firstly go for the latest episode, Zion Johnson. I really enjoyed that because there is a journey of discovering a new country as well as exploring yourself and exploring, Zion talks about exploring his agenda identity and how that relates to the outer world. And that for me was, um, that was interesting. I think we've, Ever, any anybody who's come to live in Vietnam probably goes through some personal journey as they explore a new country. I found that very interesting. Twice C was another one. Give me Kang out all these ums, I think, after this recording, right? <laughs> yeah, Twice C was also. <laughs> don't worry, yeah, we'll, we'll cut out all the ums and the ahs and the, the long pauses. Twice C was also great. It was great to hear how he came as a second gener generation Vietnamese person from France and how his parents moved to a different country and how he came here to kind of escape his own personal problems. That was also another captivating episode. Moni Lair was another part. There was a part where she described coming to Hue. As I live in Hue, I guess I can personally connect with descriptions of Hue. And she was speaking about as a child, she can't be in business grandma. I thought it would be cool. Richard, of course, I'm a fan of football. So listen to his stories of football and his personal opinions on it. I know a couple of people who are involved with football in Vietnam as well. So it kind of goes into my personal life there. And then finally, the first episode, Ben, I think I was super nervous about producing uh, the first episode. So I had to, I listened to Ben's episode, the first episode of this season quite a lot. And I just enjoyed some of comical anecdotes. <laughs> you know, he was, so, he was super fun. You know, he was awesome. Yeah. And the, the, I think maybe the one of the most, I don't know if you call it a highlight, but the, the moment it stands out for me, you mentioned like Tuisi, when he talked about, the book that had been written about his family and he'd only just found out that there was like a book existed about his grandmother and i was like wow that's, that's wild yeah like if i found that's out British. suddenly that there was a book about my family that, that would just blow me away and there was obviously if you'd listened to, if you go back and listen to the episode there was a bit of family conflict and and things like this so the fact that there was actually a book about that was absolutely uh yeah mind-blowing to me but that was great no, so honestly, yeah, every, all the episodes have turned out great. If anyone doesn't know as well, so Luke makes the teasers as well, as you heard. He he listens to the episode, chooses it. Since the pandemic, well, sorry, since the lockdown kind of eased, I've gone back to, you know, teaching. The shows have come back. We've got more podcasts going. 
I'm helping make podcasts for other people. And it's been something that I've been wanting to get help with for like a long time. I really enjoy the editing part of it. Some people hate it. I personally like it, but it was just a t- in terms of like, it was taking up so much of my time and I just had to, to get help with it. And so, yeah, I really can't thank you enough. Cause honestly, um, I don't think a VNAM podcast would have come out this season without your help, or I would have had to have <laughs> given up on something else, which I just don't think I had the time to give up on that. Do you want to share with people as well? I know it's a common thing um, for maybe people who listen, not maybe not people who listen to podcasts, but people who make podcasts. Do you want to give people an idea of maybe what do you, what do you have to do step by step? We don't, you don't need to go in by in detail and just how long it takes to make an episode because it's something I kind of, most people who start a podcast and don't continue it, do it because they don't realize how long it takes to make. And we now use a program called Descript, which cut everything down by like 90%. Whereas I used to do it on GarageBand by myself. And I remember in the beginning being up all night on a Monday night or Sunday night, up to one in the morning editing it. Cause you have to like, look at the waveform, which is like, you can just see the audio wave. You can't actually see the words and you have to snip out little bits and it would take forever. Now we have, you know, we're in 2022. We use a program called Descript, which is AI powered. And a lot of it is automated or super intuitive. So it, that's the only process that you've used that well for for a Vietnam podcast, which makes everything much easier. But even with that said, and in using an AI powered technology, what are the steps you have to take to make the podcast, and how many hours does it take? So yeah, Descript is a fantastic, fantastic program. It's made things so much easier, like you said. And similarly, when I was working on a podcast before, we were using well, we were recording it by video and extracting the audio, and same kind of thing. It's just hours yeah so the scripts essentially it was i don't know it takes like two to three hours so i guess it really depends on how long the podcast is for i'd say it would be maybe two hours plus however long the podcast is most of it is really easy you know like synchronizing voices how many speakers do you have cutting out the ums from your speech that's something it does by itself Hmm. I'm trying to think what else we do. I guess if you're going to listen all the way through, because it scripts what it hears, then you can find certain parts of the text. If there's something you want to cut out, you can find the parts you want to cut out and do it straight away, or you can listen through and just delete it. It's really simple. But yeah, so synchronizing the voices, sometimes you might need to add um, some studio effects to voices, depending on the quality of the audio. And then, yeah, you just want to listen through, comb through it, reducing gaps. If it glitches in the sound, then cut that out or try and reduce it as much as possible. Yeah. And then obviously we're talking about making the teasers. So we'd kind of like copy and paste sections of the sound into one file. Then, uh, yeah. And then uh, publish that separately. Awesome. And you then you also take that and then make the audiogram. So if anyone sees the audiograms as well, this is all done from one program, which is which is an incredible program. Well, are you being into Are you getting uh, any money for endorsing this program? I am actually an affiliate partner with Descript. <laughs> I don't think anyone who listens to Vietnam podcast needs a podcast editing tool, but if you do use Descript, there will be a link in the show notes. There's always a link in the show notes for my affiliate partners. I get a very, very tiny amount of money, like two bucks per month from someone who signs up for Descript, but then I have to pay to use Descript as well. And I just saw, I think just, I just saw last week, the money I make from like endorsing the affiliate program just about covers how much I pay to use the script <laughs> balances okay. out nicely. But yeah, if anyone does want to try it out, go check it out. It is in the show notes, but it is, it's a, it's an insanely good program, which makes life so much easier. So let's finish up 
beef with the questions that I have asked every guest that you have heard every guest answer. So let's hear what you have to say. If you could travel anywhere in Vietnam for a week and you have to stay there for a week, where would you go and why? I think you're going to find my answers very anticlimactic. So I'm very sweet about that. Well, I've just been on my six week trip to Vietnam and I traveled to a lot of places where I haven't, I've never been or haven't been for a long time. So I guess if you asked me these questions a few weeks ago, it'd be different. But now, I, yeah. So there's two places I thought Dien Bien Phu, which is in the northwestern corner of the country. There's a lot of historical significance attached to it. I went there for a day in 2013. Didn't really explore it like I wanted to. So yeah, I'd probably go back there and spend a week there. Yeah, Dien Bien Phu. All right. Uh, another place is I was told about an island called Bac Long V, which is near Hai Phong. And when I met some people in Hai Phong a few weeks ago, they said, oh, you've got to go here. It's really beautiful. It's so nice. It's the new cat. And apparently foreigners are not allowed to go there. <laughs> so I don't really know the deals of it, but I guess that would be next on the tick list of places to go try to get to Backlong B Island. Nice one. All right. Well, those are new answers. We haven't had them. So that's a good one. Now, unbelievably, it still blows my mind. We have tourists back. We did the comedy show last night and we had two tourists there. It was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Like when I first started doing shows three years ago, it was the most normal thing. We had tourists come along. They'd been to Coochie Tunnels. They were up for a comedy show. We got to meet people from all over the world. And then that just stopped for two years and longer. So last night we had an awesome couple from England. We're at the show. Um, they were loving the time in Vietnam. What advice would you give to a tourist who is coming to Vietnam for the first time? So I guess tourism had a sense of adventure about it, kind of to find your way around. And the last 10 years of technology, especially smartphones, I think a lot of people over rely on apps or advice from the internet. And there's this horrible chain of information that's going around on the internet of things that people should do. And it's become a bit of a, I don't know, Mickey Mouse <laughs> Disney World thing where people just eat the same information and consumers consume the same information, give out the same information. So it's kind of lost its sense of the adventure, I think. So I would recommend people to kind of get their research firsthand rather than looking at trip like skip TripAdvisor, skip travel websites and travel to a place and just ask try to find someone who mm. speaks the same language as you and ask them for their own personal recommendations rather than getting it from websites because there's it's more of an adventure it's more personal there's more interaction going on engagement with people engagement with the city that you're visiting or the place TripAdvisor you end up just like looking up an address you can get a grab taxi there eat what everyone else is eating mm. so my recommend my recommendation is get personal recommendations people that live in the places you're visiting great advice i like it yeah because we went to Lishon island last year which is like off the beaten oh, track nice. and it's not touristy at all we were the, we saw one other like western tourist the whole time we were there which obviously the borders were closed at the time so that's not completely crazy but it was kind of you know a bit of a off the beaten track bit of a mission to get there not a heap of information on the internet you know you don't go to TripAdvisor like you say so it meant a little bit more work but it was completely worth it so yeah no that that's great advice did you have uh, any garlic wine i think we tasted a... it yeah we, we brought <laughs> yeah. back a lot of because there's a black garlic right it's famous on the yep. island and we brought back a massive bag of black garlic i love <laughs> it i was eating it like candies it's so good oh, it's so tasty <laughs> i think i had a sip of the black wine but we didn't buy it because yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that good <laughs> now <laughs> what advice would you give to someone thinking about moving to vietnam mm. 
Okay, so I'm kind of repeating what Zion Johnson said in the last episodes that I think is a really good point. I think a lot of people who may have not lived abroad before, just like myself, never lived in Southeast, never lived in Southeast Asia. I think a lot of people tend to not be so open to a new culture and maybe things that people don't understand, they're ready to dismiss them as being nonsensical maybe even culturally inferior. And it's kind of, you know, there's often explanations underneath the things that we can observe as foreigners visiting uh, a country. And you just kind of kind of go to it with an open mind. Don't be so judgmental. Ask why. Try to find out why. And these kind of like the pathways into a deeper understanding of a culture or deeper understanding of country, its culture and its history and its core values. So I'm sorry, it's not a very original answer, but I think it's so important. And I just remember when I first moved here, maybe I was quite naive and judgmental. And it took me a while to understand that there are some really cool things about this country and it just needs an open mind to approach them. I like it. Nice. And then this will be the last time I ask this question. What do you think is the difference between an expat and an immigrant? And you've held everyone else's answer and me repeatedly. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, and I know your opinion as well. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say one of the cool things, maybe cool, interesting things about this is that I probably came into this podcast not knowing you were going to ask this question. I've always hated the term expat. And I really refused to use it when describing people that live here, which is ironic because up until recently, I was the administrator of the expats in a way uh, Facebook group, <laughs> <laughs> which is really polite. I know you were talking about it on another episode, but it's a really polite, uh, well-moderated forum. Good, so good. it's not so bad, but yeah, the term expat is also something that I don't like. Similarly, while you've been talking about other people, I've kind of realized that there's some sort of privilege in being able to reject and, and opt for being called an immigrant and maybe even being able to call yourself an expat or sorry, to be able to choose or reject the term expat immigrant automatically makes you an expat. So I understand that maybe to some aspects, but I don't know, <laughs> there's a privilege in being able to call yourself an immigrant. So generally speaking, in the last couple of years or maybe even longer years, I've just tried to avoid using the term expat and immigrant. And I think that when Vietnamese, where Vietnamese people discriminate is you're either Vietnamese or you're not. Mm. So I've always referred to people as foreigners or Vietnamese. And I think that ultimately that's, that's probably the most important thing that is it really important as to why we're here? Does it need to be told? Isn't the reasons that we're here more complex than a word? So I guess if you really want to know somebody, it's better to find out their story and find out where they are than try to just make out who they are by words. So I call myself a foreigner. I call everyone else a foreigner. I try to avoid expat and immigrant. Well, I, I use foreigner quite often as well. But you know where we're from in the UK, foreigner has become a loaded word as well. I mean, that's like a, has a negative connotation. I don't know about in other countries. Peter Kay does one of the best jokes. He's talking about foreign food. And he's like, I don't want any of that foreign muck. Like, <laughs> you know, so foreigner became like a really like, if you're in the UK, you're not from here, you're not one of us. And then when I first came here to Vietnam and I got called a foreigner or I heard it used, it did put my back up a little bit. I was like, oh, ugh, that's because it's such a kind of disgusting world where we're from. Mm. But then I realized it's completely meaningless and harmless and it's, it's it kind just of describes neutral. what you are. You're just not from here. It's just what it is. You're a foreigner. 
I mean, there is discrimination there, but I think we have to kind of ex- accept it. This is a very nationalist country that is important to people. Yeah. Maybe not for reasons why you're here or not. I was also thinking, you know, like people when talking about foreigners, people use the term wife, which is outsider. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not in the society, you're an outsider. So maybe we should call each other outsiders. That would be a good one as well. <laughs> and then, you know, this is my favorite question. I'm probably going to keep this one in for the next season because I like it so much. If Vietnam was a person, how would you describe them? I don't think you're going to like my answer to this one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. I guess for me, I find it troubling to give Vietnam agenda. There's two reasons. Firstly, I think that the first one is that we all refer to our home countries as motherlands, right? I think, mm. do people call, call their home countries fatherlands? I think it's more motherlands, right? We, we look at our home countries as feminine. Mm. So I think there's just a 10, uh, I speak about English language. I can't speak about Vietnamese. Vietnamese people use queer for their hometown. There's no gender use there. So I'm not too sure about in Vietnam or, but, when it comes to me, it's just like, I know we all refer to countries as our motherlands. And so naturally, I think it's quite, we naturally tend to think of countries as feminine. And then secondly, obviously Vietnam was colonized in the past. I read a lot of Edward Said when I was at university. <laughs> I was doing a post-colonial literature and Edward Said was a post-colonial intellectual and writer. And he talks about Orientalism and how colonializing countries tends to feminize the colonized countries so you know like vietnam is just more complex than just gender like you have very uber masculine traits in vietnamese culture especially in Huey. like in vietnam always think about vietnam just be uh, sorry Huey as being overly masculine some of its historical traits cultural tra- traits with the emperor concubines and things like that but then we can also look at like the younger generations and how, what their perspective is on gender relations, sex relations, and see that gender is becoming increasingly gender roles in Vietnamese society and tending to look to be more fluid. There's more of an acceptance of LGBTQ plus and stuff like that. So can I gender Vietnam? I cannot. I guess if I wanted to characterize Vietnam, it would be, do you know mother goddess worship? No. Okay, Mother Goddess Worship is, I think, Vietnam, it's a, Vietnam's only native religion. And that's a very gender-fluid religion. It's awesome. Go and check it out if you have the time. So I'd like to think of Vietnam as practicing Mother Goddess religion on a boat, shadow-serving in, in the Hung River. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's very complex, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather say it's a gender-neutral but one that's very religious very open to new experiences yet has a strong cultural character character about it awesome great that's a great answer (laughs) the most intelligent one (laughs) i had time to prepare i had 10 episodes to think about that i never thought i was going to be asked (laughs) uh, yeah that is true i only just asked you to do this recently right well look (laughs) thank you so much again i've really appreciated all your help now i need to go and find someone else to do it so if anyone's I'm listening and they, and they want to do what Luke did, then get in touch with me because we need someone as awesome as him to help keep this podcast coming out. 
I would really recommend it. It's um, a great experience. I feel like I've learned a lot doing it. I've learned a new program. I've learned new ways to listen and yeah, learned some new skills. So thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You are very, very welcome. You may already know this. I may have already made the announcement. I have an exciting announcement for season nine. I'm actually going to take a step back from hosting. So a Vietnam podcast will still come out, but I, I just need to take a break and recharge my batteries from hosting. And so we're actually going to have some amazing guest hosts for season nine. I've already got some amazing people lined up to do that. So we will still be looking for an editor. I'll still be involved. I'll still be helping produce the podcast, make it, everything. But I want a fresh voice after eight seasons. I think it's time for me to take a step back and let other people um, give their voice to a Vietnam podcast. So that's going to be very exciting as well. I enjoy your holiday. <laughs> it's not going to be much of a holiday, but I'm just, you're just not going to hear my voice, which is, it's going to be a holiday for the listeners, I think, more than anything. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, look, this has been amazing. Thank you very much. And Thanks good now. luck with everything in the future. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>